0: Hello and welcome to Everyday Eternal number one hundred and ten, your favorite post-disaster named bi-weekly legacy podcast. If you want to support the show directly, you can become a Patreon on patreon.com slash Everyday Eternal. By the way, I think I totally stole the intro line from Leaving a Legacy. I think Pat says that as well, right?
1: <laughs> uh, well then, are you the legacy newbie?
0: I'll be. I'll be Jerry. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm down. In <laughs> speaking cool. of one hundred and ten, do you know what what's like really special about one hundred and ten?
1: It's the hundred and tenth episode. Of, no, no, I know it. I didn't. Yeah. Gone. It's the
0: it's the lowest number to not be considered a favorite by anyone among forty four thousand people surveyed in two thousand fourteen online.
1: That was my second guess. Actually, I was thinking I was going to say, that, "Oh, which one is it?" I don't know. Were you one of the people surveyed? <laughs> I don't even know how to process that. It's so so weird. well <laughs> so yeah. so many people just. It's the lowest number. People don't consider a favorite. I yeah, basically know. they interviewed like 44,000,
0: like an entire football stadium. They were like, what's your, what's your favorite number? And this is the lowest number that, that wasn't named. Like somebody mm, named 109 and everything below, but not 110. What's your favorite number? Uh, when I played football, like seven and 23 and five, and I guess seven, that's still twenty- the same.
1: Well, 23 is my favorite number.
0: But it's mine as well. Yeah. Well, it's mine first. I'll fight you for it. I use it, like, for a bunch of stuff, and then people are like, oh, you do it because of Chardon, right? And, like, I l- way later learned about Chardon. And then they're like, oh, because you do it, like, because of conspiracy theories about 23. And that's, like, yes and no. <laughs> it's not, like, the the crazy ones that – well, I guess it's also the crazy ones. But I, I there was a German movie called 23, not the one with Jim Carrey, but one mm-hmm. about, like, German hackers in the, like, late 80s and stuff. And I was, like, super fascinated by – like people hacking and, and nuclear power plants and stuff. And yeah, the, the main character gets totally obsessed with the number 23 and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. He's a hacker and and he hacks like nuclear power plants. Oh, I want to be like that. And then I started adding 23 to all my things. And then later I learned like there's like some real conspiracy hats. And now I'm like, oh, this is weird.
1: <laughs> my, mine is not quite as deep as that. My birthday is just on the 23rd. And I think I used to love birthdays as a kid. That's That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, you don't love them anymore? <laughs> no, I hate birthdays now. I'm so grumpy. I find them oh, all dude. all very uh, commercialized and whatever. Yeah, I'm, well, see, your j- birthday you don't have to
0: commercialize it. Mine is coming up on this on October second, like this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then I got you a present already. That was it, dude. You're the best. Like for everybody who knows me, I've been talking about this for literally, I think, two years. Ever since, like, I, I made my last big upgrade to my wreck here. I, I was like, I want to get the Sure SM7B. I want to get the Shura SM7B. And like, I've always been like, ah, but it's not the responsible thing to get. And like, I really shouldn't do it. And then like, just like last week, Colum was like, by the way, Julian, there's, there's, there's a shipment on the way to you. I'm like, fuck, what's going on? And, and like, I just came back from a trade fair. Actually last night, but I only got it today. And I opened it, and holy shit, it's heavy. It's the Sure SM7B. I'm so excited. I'm yeah, it was meant to be bomb. the best.
1: Shit, I sent you the wrong thing. It was meant to be. A bong? Did, did it have a like ticking for, sound? Or, 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 <laughs> or, or, or. I, th- I thought but, they said like a bong for like smoking. Oh, and stuff. oh, that's even more fun. But hey, no. Um, yeah, the idea was since I was doing the the grudge match versus Kai, I said to myself beforehand, I was like. Because I work for a for a music company and we sell them, I was like, I can get a bit of a discount if I win three matches. That pays for it. So I was like, if I have three two or better, I'm gonna win. So it's not really me. You mean need to thank it's Kai for getting crushed so badly. So Kai, if you're listening, thank you so much for losing so much. Julian is couldn't be happier.
0: <laughs> this, this is this is great. I I actually sharted Kai kind of and and now it's paying off. <laughs> yeah, boy. But
1: but jokes aside, I mean, I just gotta shout you out because. I mean, everyone listening probably knows this already, but Julian does so much work behind the scenes to produce content. And, uh, like, especially that this grudge match, and he's thinking about doing more. There's an a Everyday Tunnel like, website in the works, which can have so much community driven content. And, like, it's just like a thing for people to watch, to listen to. And so I think it's a little thing of, like, you know, paying it back. So we've got the money from people enjoying content. So there we go, giving it back in a way. So thank you so be
0: much dude seriously I, I, can't, I can't wait to set it up like it's mm-hmm. gonna take like another week or so i think until i'm ready and then my voice is like <sighs> get I, I just love the tour sm7b sound right it's it's <laughs> almost like everybody like does it but not really but it's just like there's a reason people really love that it, song. it, it just, really it just I works
1: it. like whenever we have customers coming in asking for like that some of the top level they can get for to get away with just podcasting at home and stuff this is this is what they go for
0: I guess that's what they call prosumer or something. Prosumer. So, yeah, N- not, mm. not prosumer, but like consumer and professional. <laughs> consumer, so <it's> like, yeah. <laughs> you're not actual professional, you're not a pure consumer, you're a prosumer. I've, I've heard I that before, see. maybe I totally made that up.
1: I've just got Zuma consumer in my head now, as like a <laughs> s- snappy title to call something. Uh, dude, <laughs> well, how's it going? What have you been up to? I think
0: you you you're basically uh, what's it called, um, Storybrook Brawl Pro. Like I've seen you post about trying to get into some like high level tournaments and stuff.
1: Uh, so it's just like it's just so fun and easy to play and fun to play, and you can just do it for hours. And the game is like at a at a face value, it's quite simple and easy to learn, and you just start playing it, and then it's just incredibly deep as well. So. I I I don't play. I, I either get completely obsessed with games like Magic my whole my whole life and stuff, or I never play. I've never played a game on Steam for more than like ten hours in my life. But this one's close to three hundred hours now. And I'm currently one <laughs> hundred and fifty something th- on the ladder. I mean, it's not crazy, crazy high, but I don't know. This is this is not me trying to win. Like I pick the characters which I find the most fun, and it's doing fine. So by getting that high, I've qualified for the tournament next month, which should be fun. But um, I actually haven't been playing it that much the last week or two because um, this past weekend there was a huge Warhammer tournament. So that's my other thing I've been getting into. Probably mentioned a few times. This was like six hundred and ninety something players. Yeah, it's the I think it's the second biggest Warhammer event in the in the world that happens every year. They play all at the same time. I'm, like I'm wondering yeah.
0: because you, yeah, like, for Magic you need like a table and yeah.
1: like a chair.
0: But for Warhammer, you need like this giant table, and, and I think you play one on one, right? That's not like you need two a six and two by or four board,
1: yeah, or just just smaller than a six by four board, and yeah, it's one on one. So, yep, there was a lot of tables. Yep, it was a lot of space. Yep, there was a lot of toy soldiers. It was uh, amazing, though. There's there's something about the players as well. So, my record was like two and three, so you, every game lasts for three hours as well. So it's <laughs> it's it's long, it's intense, and it's a very it's a very social game as well. So. Um, I actually played on the Friday teams with a friend Patrick as well. So we, I played yeah, eight games over three days, which is yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of games. Uh, what is it? Eight hours? No, three, six, nine, eighteen, twenty 18, 20 hours of war Anyway, super fun. And it's, it's, it's a very different experience because it was perfectly summed up by another friend, Ethan, who's uh, Boss Krenko, you're probably known by his classic name. Mm-hmm. He said, Magic is a game of hidden information and players are quite rightfully quite rightfully like rewarded for keeping information back. You're trying to keep a poker face, straight face. You're trying to like give your opponent the least information possible. And the games are also shorter. So you know, you're know you not really incentivized to be you know, making friends and as friendly as not as possible. Whereas Warhammer, you're playing this game on this open board and whenever you ask your opponent a question about what their army does and says that isn't that they have to answer it truthfully so it's a game of open open information and you're trying to next next level each other with your open information so in that sense everyone is just I'm not saying like Warhammer people are more friendly than Magic players but the way the game is played is a lot more social and a lot more friendly so I went away making friends with three out of five of my opponents and the other two were nice as well and every single time they're just like really hope to see you at another event soon and stuff so I know you just walk away with such a great feeling after every single game. So like day two, when there's just two games I lost. So you can score up to a hundred points maximum. And I lost the last two games by two and four points in it, which is insanely close games. Tiniest of margins. Exactly. It came down to some dice rolls on the last turn, basically. And uh, in hindsight, tons of mistakes were made as well. So it's a good learning experience is the main thing, but you just, don't mind losing as much because you've had a crazy game. Like uh, on the second day, my first opponent, at the very end, going to the last turn, he just like fist bumped me saying, whatever happens, dude, this is the best game I've played in months, (laughs) so whoever wins is deserved it it and stuff. So yeah, I had an awesome weekend. That's what I've done. So many Toy Soldiers, but God, you stand up for a long time as well. So, I was happy to get home and like get get over it as well. It's
0: and speaking of standing up, I, I just spent four days at the at the diving trade fair, like yeah. my, literally my favorite trade fair in the entire world. It's just very like, similar. Yeah, it I love the dive diving community. Like, I've only gone on like literally one dive in my entire life thus far, but it's it's my favorite kind of people to hang out with in the tourism industry. Like, I love everybody in the tourism industry almost, <laughs> <laughs> except that one guy who 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 like. Sold tourism trips to Afghanistan and Somalia to see like uh. agony and pain and like this was really weird because right. he was like, "Do you do you have some of that in Kenya? Can we like go to the refugee camp? Like this was oh my god, that's this the most fucked up person I've ever interacted with in tourism. Really weird,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the good ones, <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 honestly, it feels like I'm I'm meeting a bunch of addicts and I'm I'm getting them the latest crack, like the latest stuff." <laughs> because Indonesia is closed, the Philippines are closed, Thailand is basically closed, Australia is practically closed. Like all the awesome diving destinations apparently are closed. So there's only so many places to go to. Like in Europe, like it's the end of the season. Europe, at least that's what everybody in the trade fair says, right? You 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 pick up the tourism lingo because I'm I'm not I didn't get any formal training in tourism, so I, I just like. I learn from other people and pick up stuff and I noticed that like at the trade fair and a lot of people when the, when we talk they would say oh yeah in Europe it's the end of the season in Europe so, so no I just say that yeah you know it's the end of the season You're like I have no idea when the season in Europe is it's the end of the season though <laughs> it's always
1: the end of the season all year round
0: <laughs> I, I guess it makes sense it's like about to be autumn and stuff but yeah I, 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 mm-hmm. just, <laughs> I just realized that right now anyway I had a great time there um, probably lots of sales probably lots of safaris to be sold and ah. Oh, Every time, like somebody comes at me with like, I want to do a seven day safari, best of the best. It's just the best feeling. Not not only because of the money. Like it's not like I get the money; my boss gets the money. But but you can put together something that's absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: looking forward to to seeing what what we can do for those people. Totally. Ah, but now totally. I'm back. I love. Yeah, I'll go diving one day, probably in Kenya. I I hit you up. I love the sound should, of it. You should. And then mm-hmm. we go on
0: the, on the Kenya Blue Safari.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Moving on, um, I, I also did some other stuff. Actually, I actually played in the. I keep. Our show notes say it's called the Legacy Showcase Challenge. And it's almost a running gag that I don't remember what these tournaments are. But I think the Legacy Showcase Challenge. Let me try to explain it one more time. It's like one of those regular challenges that we, we have every weekend, except you have to qualify for it by amassing like, something like 40 qualifier points by doing well in leagues. And then if you top eight that event, you qualify for the legacy showcase qualifier, which is like four times a year, which is quite a big deal. And and from there it like goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So long story short, I played in that thing, I think. How many people did it have? I, I totally don't remember how many people played in that. Like they usually or something.
1: about two hundred or just over, yeah. I think. And guess what? I won that thing. Hell fucking yeah. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> you hear some traffic. <laughs> you also i remember beforehand you didn't even really like say you were playing it much you were just like all of a sudden like weren't talking all day it felt like except for uh shit talking in kai's chat while he was like streaming it and then all of a sudden in like some chat you're like oh yeah i'm like seven one top hated." Like, oh wow <laughs> sweet yeah out of the blue so very very yeah. cool so
0: in just a moment we're gonna go into into that and explore what i played and uh, Bunch of interesting situations, also a bunch of interesting statistics. But before we move on to that, we have one more listener question that we want to talk about that we received this week. That's coming from us from our front, Martin Nielsen, Never Shoot. And Kai, can. Uh, Kai, I'm sorry.
1: Wow. <laughs> you, you gave me
0: that awesome microphone by beating Kai. Now you've taken over his identity. No, wow. I'm sorry, Caleb.
1: <laughs> well, I've just engulfed him in my soul. I am Kai. I'll take it. You're like Mega Man. It's a
0: compliment. Can you, can you guess what Martin is asking about? <laughs> if you
1: said that without the question in front of me, I would guess it's Delver versus Doomsday matchup, which I we will not. actually go over that more soon, but
0: go on. Yeah, you told me actually, he has like a lot of interesting thoughts about that. So we, we can yes. like maybe do a more dedicated episode to that in the future.
1: Yeah, I re- I'd really like to, because we talked about it like in detail from one of his questions on the last episode. And um, we, for, for like a question, we kind of went a bit deep and for a little bit longer and then he came back to me uh, messaging with like tons of really fascinating information so I'd like to get him on and uh go through that information and then try and expand on it a bit as well and how he approaches st- uh doomsday deck building against other decks as well because I think it's very interesting because him and Kai talk a lot together and people love hearing from Kai as well about the deck so I think you'll get the same level like just incredibly high doomsday knowledge so yeah we plan to get Martin on. We should
0: like start start a side podcast every day Doomsday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like it's the most talked about like in our like last twenty episodes. Every or Doomsday something. Eternal. Every Doomsday Eternal. No, um, but this time um, Martin's question is actually a lot more. I, I want to say like popular science. It's it's really just about the comparison between Raghavan and Deathlight Shaman because I think the community as a whole kind of agrees that that Deathwatch Shaman was rightfully banned. And Martin's wondering, considering most people seem to consider Death being banned as absolutely the correct decision, where is Ragawan in comparison? What well, what would you say? Is it up there? Is it also like totally um, busted?
1: Oh. Yeah, well, okay. So first of all, I don't think everyone like absolutely agrees that Death being banned is the correct decision. I I still I, I still wasn't hundred percent sure at the time. I think the card is probably too good for legacy and it probably is right to be banned, but like I would have I would like to try it back in the format at some point. Like keep Uro in check, uh, whatever. Maybe not now in the current iteration, because there's already enough good one drops and stuff. But Did anyway, it I'm, I'm, up. Uro is washed up. Yeah, always is kinda of washed up actually. It's just yeah, it's not that great right now. Um but comparing it to Ragavan, I think the cards are like probably a similar power level, but Ragavan is way more swingy. Death Right is just consistent, so Deathrite does its thing, like, okay, sometimes you're not going to have the fetch lands, and especially against something like Death and Taxes or Eldrazi, you won't always have all the fetch lands and stuff. So that's a little bit of inconsistency there, but Ragavan like, goes from a 10 out of 10 against uh, a combo and control, probably, and uh, even in Mirrors, but, like, a little bit less so. And then you can play it against like an Eldrazi deck, for example, and it's just a 2-1. You're never casting their things. It's just, you know, it's a pretty bad card, honestly, to this 10 out of 10. So it's really swingy, and I, th- that's, I think that's something that uh, magic does need variance. It's absolutely a game that has to have it, but when you have a card that's so swingy, match up to match up like that, which is then so good in some matchups, it can get quite frustrating. Like I've been playing a lot of Painter recently, and some of the hits they hit off it are <laughs> really brutal. And yeah, it's just how it goes. I put them in the deck, and it's a really good card. But um, I'm in the mirror as well, and it starts hitting Ponders and stuff. It's frustrating, and the mana is so snowbally as well as we know. So anyway, I'm not. This isn't a uh, anti Ragavan tirade. I'm just saying how how swingy it is basically. So power level. They're like probably similar, only off the fact that Rago and be really bad in some matchups. But so this is what makes it so hard to discuss. Like you know, should it be legal and stuff? Because some players, like if all the combo players and probably some control players uh, are like you know absolutely terrified of it, then we have some people who play decks with a lot of cards that don't do much in Delver, and so they're like, oh yeah, well it's fine. I mean, it's not a problem. So I think it's very hard to speak objectively about the card.
0: Yeah, we we don't want your objective opinion. We just want. What do you think
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah well i've I've played lots of different decks against it, um majority painter and kind of combo and stuff, but I don't it really it really changes like I've, I was playing lantern at my local game store and I was playing against it, and I ke- they kept hitting discard spells, and that just sucked God, it was absolutely brutal. there was one where they hit like a duress into two thought seasons and it's like yeah, I mean just obviously won the you game and lantern against Dragavan, oh that's like a whole sub game of its own <laughs> <laughs> I know look, look. <laughs> I know that lantern would be is terrible, and it's just it's just silly and fun. But it's like that could be doomsday. That could be ant playing these discard So It didn't really matter what the rest of my cards were. I mean, they were like. So
0: all, all I'm getting out of this is like you're trying to avoid the question.
1: <laughs> what is the what was the question again? Where is Ragnarok present? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it beats lantern. That, that's the that's the end of it. Yeah. But, so so if you ask me, I think
0: Deathwatch like when it was banned at the time, I was somewhat in favor of it being banned, not even, like, because of power levels, just because of the the way it, it changed or homogenized gameplay in, mm. in Legacy as a whole without going, like, too far back into, into like, an historic take. Uh, and that's, like, the, the, main, the main reason, like, right was probably, like, the right thing to ban at the time. The The main difference with Raga 1 for me is that, um, first of all, I think Raga 1 is very, very powerful. Like, Raga 1 is basically... On the brink of what legacy can take. It's it's not super broken, but it's really really good. I mean, there's it's part of the reason why why Deathlight Champion was uh, why Delva is not really seeing as much play anymore. Even though I think that's much more to do with how how games as a whole like changed more to like a mid rangey approach with like all these Raghavan decks. But much more importantly for me is that. Raga ones in multiples are very often like really bad, especially in the late game. Like I've, <laughs> I've seen many games where I'm like, I don't really want to block the Raga one. Then I end up blocking it and, uh, they, they immediately play the next one. And, and sometimes like, you know, you, you just like see from the way the games went that they actually have multiple copies in hand and you almost don't even want to remove it it's because you're giving like them um, the extra card by trading for a removal spell and stuff. So I, I generally feel like Raga one is not nearly as powerful as, as, death right with regards to overall impact on the format just because it's also legendary like i guess if death of was legendary it would be a whole other topic
1: it's true yeah uh legendary is a huge saving grace to the card i think we might have even i don't know about emergency banning by now but if it wasn't like i think there'd be no doubt in anyone's mind that it shouldn't be legal it's a massive saving Uh, grace ragavan yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. yeah,
0: because then you can have two at the time right oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i I just remember the legendary (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> we, we, we've talked about how Mark Rousewater wants to get rid of the yeah. uh, legendary rule yeah but
1: yeah that's a different one yeah so yeah do you feel so you feel that death rate is a bit bit stronger
0: yeah overall just because overall um, okay. death rate ha- had more impact on the format like you somewhat change your deck building decisions um, because of, of a one for sure but because of death rate, like death rate dominates everything in a mm-hmm. way that it allows you to play these five-color piles, which just, like, never really used to be a thing outside of the Thresh. And, and I guess when, when even when people, like, try to, to use Astrolabe, they mostly stuck with four-color. I, I mean, some people tried the five-color style, but generally I feel like a lot of times, like, black isn't really worth it right now in Legacy, right? It's just, like, when you talk about it, you go burnt, you go, like, Burning burnt or whatever you want to call it. Um. <laughs> Burning <band>.
1: yeah. <laughs> I think there was, like... There was the option to play black cards, but it's just the cost of they weren't good enough in the format at those times. Like even for plague engineer or thoughtsies, just it wasn't worth putting an underground sea in your deck so you could cast it without an astral labor. It was the gist of it, I think. But uh, yeah, with Death deathrite, you needed to have the black, and I guess they didn't play white quite often. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I feel like they're incredibly close still. I I, I just don't have a it's fifty fifty to me. I think,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm just like I'm coming from the camp where I think Raga One is. It, it's weird to call it vastly overrated because I think it's really, really good. But mm-hmm. some people call it like painted as the second coming of I don't know Lorus or or Breach no, or something. No, yeah, it's, it's not Lorus. less but... powerful than Deathright Shaman. Mm. It
1: feels it feels it's stronger term one. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's stronger term one, but Deathright just has it's much better in the late game. Is just how I put it again. It's like I, it's not really an answer. It's just you know, as <laughs> summing it up, basically tough question. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's strong or turn one. I mean, it's weird because
0: everybody was playing death threat Shaman, so if you you were like on the ah uh, yeah, all the subkinds of death Shaman was like really weird. If you were on the draw, and then your opponent could basically decide whether any one of you would get to activate it, and sometimes like you would both or neither, and it's like
1: mm-hmm. what I mean is like as a another fair deck, you could ignore death Shaman for like two or three turns. It was still great as a bird of paradise, and then it became a threat later. But you could let a bird of paradise live for a few turns, and then especially miracles would just sweep it up in a terminus. Like I remember, mm. I used I used to side them out as shardless, like two or three of them, stuff I like think I already
0: spent way too much time on the question, by the way. <laughs> okay, okay,
1: but uh, any anyway, it's it's actually quite interesting for like a uh, you know social science question, as you said, popular science. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yes. Oh my god, I'm. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Monday should, should, at
0: work. <laughs> should we move on to the challenge and, yes, let's and, do it. and see what i played yeah. i i actually like i randomly grabbed that list from ozymandias um we're, we're definitely gonna link his guides because he he basically wrote the bible on on playing either chess guy uh, saga or i think the other option was like grixis saga and i remember i read both of those and, and he made like really good cases for both both versions of the deck and like the pro and cons mm-hmm. which ones to play and in the end, I just like picked Chess Guy because that's what I've always played and what I really, really did well in leagues with. And I never really remembered why I stopped playing it. I think it was just like the games are really long and drawn out. And while I enjoy that, um, <laughs> if you know me, whenever I play Magic Online, like 99% of times, I'm like watching something on YouTube. I'm shit talking on Twitch. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And in the meantime, I also play and. That's not always great. Like when your league takes like three hours to complete, it's it's a bit of a drag almost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But since this was like a, a big tournament and and like, like lots of prizes up for grabs, and I felt like you know every once in a while, why not give it your best shot? says the guy who then for the first six rounds hung out in Kai's chat. He like, was literally shit talking yeah, so much. He, he almost that, timed out several times. That's why I didn't <laughs>
1: know you were playing because we were just chatting all day in in that. So I was like, yeah, Julian's just like, you know, give it a miss. Maybe didn't have the QP, so I wasn't sure. Like, maybe I had to do something in the evening, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. Just silently crushing to the side and then chatting shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, so we're definitely going to link the, like I mentioned, yeah. uh, the list. The list is super straightforward. The most interesting things compared to like past iterations for the deck that I played us, um, it doesn't play Wastelands anymore, and it doesn't play Stifles anymore. And while I always felt like the mana base was okay in the previous, this is just, like, also from a strategic level, we don't need those. I, I never thought about, like, stiflers as a thing to generate tempo in the deck. I really just thought about stiflers as, like, protecting your sagas from Wasteland. Uh, but, yeah, I... The, the way these games played out, like, having better mana was just, like, so crucial in so many situations. And I, yeah, I... <sighs> I really can't, just can't tell you, I, I never, never missed the Wastelands except for the one game against Lance where I couldn't get past Maze of it, but so be it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I'm super, super happy with this list. The only thing I changed is like, I I added a Graftiger's Cage in place of the second Soul Guide Lantern on the sideboard. Okay, this, this is what makes it Julian Pile now.
1: Oh yeah, well, I didn't know you made this deck yourself. It's really cool. Yeah, I made it all myself except for 74 cards. <laughs> Julian Pile. <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: You're gonna move on with that. Yeah, No, seriously, this is this is I can only mention again, like read the Osimandias guide because that also also has like a lot of strategic information. And I think most of that is something most advanced players will understand. But it's still good to get to get the extra confirmation that you see somebody who's played this a lot, and probably even more than you, and they see it the same way you do. So you, you feel even more stronger and, and the way you think about certain matchups or maybe like it shows you a new angle and uh, <laughs> I, I, to me, it's one of the best articles of the year and maybe I'm biased because um, after reading it, I immediately won the first big tournament I played in, but mm. yeah, it's, it's one of the best pieces of writing of the entire year. I want to say,
1: yeah, I have to say I've just skimmed it, but because um, I said the time. Oh, that's why you if
0: did not I... top eight, dude.
1: Didn't play as well was had a, had a, <laughs> had a part to play in it, but only a little bit. That's the, the main thing is if I'd read it, I would have definitely won. Yeah. Come first. You can be second if you want. But yeah, I also really loved the idea of the Grixis version. Um Snuff Out just seemed like a genius idea because there's just no black creatures being played, apart from Shadow who you end up playing round one, I guess. <laughs> it would have felt really stupid there. <laughs> but uh yeah, like stuff out killing Ragavan around days of free on the draw and milk tides, or well, any of the threats really. Seemed cool. Um I like the idea of it, but I guess in hindsight he's just like, you know, swords and prismatic ending are just so good. And the white Sable card's pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, I think the the biggest draw towards Grixis would be to to have access to the four copies of Baphomet Strix. That's mm-hmm. just like such a pain. Like that's the kind of card you really want a red blast because later on, if you trade, like it's going to trade for your Merktide Regent, which in those um, Raga One Days mirrors, it's it's the most single most important card, right? Yeah. And if you get a Bale for Strix in the late game and they get a Merktide, like guess who's laughing?
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like I felt like Strix is great against Goif and Tombstalker, but this is going to sound really weird, but it's just worse against Regent because they will never trade that they'll never attack into it and then they'll like wait and draw draw a bolt and like they're hitting for so much more damage that that it's worth a card i mean it's still good against it and it like stops it attacking for a bit but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, i don't know they they just they will remove it at some point and then you take like you know an extra 5 damage and it kills you it's
0: actually that, that, that that's a really good point so you you're saying You'd almost want something to, to protect the Strix, which makes it really weird again. Uh, yeah, and, yeah.
1: You know. I, I don't feel like Strix is great protection against really, really big creatures. Um, yeah. If if the, if it's just against random 4-5 Tarmogoyfs, then they're kind of forced to trade against that. Where like, uh, And also, these decks are just playing more removal. Like, They're not going to mind Chain Lightning or Bolting or Swordsing or Prismatic Ending a thing if they get in for tons more damage. It's just how the games kinda of play out and they they have all this um you know, saga's making two constructs as well. Like so Strix can trade with one and it's kind of you're down a card even against the saga and stuff as well. Um
0: Yeah, so it's also interesting in the sense that, like, post board, you would usually take out like all your forces, and then if if they actually remove your strix, you it's not like you're gonna fight back with phosphor. And if it's gonna be a sort of splashers, you also like you're not gonna blast it. it just just happens, and then you eat the damage from the the It it
1: just feels really weird to say and like think about, but I was I've always been like playing an early strix against a Delve deck. I'm just praying they don't bolt it. Weirdly, late game you're okay with it because you've. Got into the late game and you have more resources so then, you know, if they bolt it and then you then you have removal for the Delver or whatever it used to be um, then you feel better because the bolt's not going in your face actually mm-hmm. but re- in reality, like if they bolt it and hit you with the Merc Tide, it's like two bolts going in your face so, yeah So, so I so you're
0: saying, the next iteration is gonna be Strix, but it has Hexproof
1: Oh, I hope so, that would be lovely <laughs> I'd, I'd play the fuck out of that card It has, has to still be an artifact so I can play my cool artifact decks, but yeah I don't know, yeah, I don't feel like Strix is very good like uh these days it's kind of being crept out a little bit it needs to have flash like to ever try and trade with yeah. the good threats basically
0: flash next step hex proof then we're gonna have first first strike so is the automated trade <laughs> first strike death touch i think that's like one first strike try. death
1: touch flash flying <laughs> <laughs> probably probably like hybrid blue black mana one one mana
0: yeah you can also pay for in
1: mana easy peasy <laughs> okay now we're done <laughs>
0: yeah Awesome. So yeah, moving on to the ga- uh, to the match, it's like eight rounds of Swiss and then three rounds of playoffs. Very first round, I'm up against Krixis Shadow and my notes say absolutely nothing. So I just went 2-0. I just watched all the games again to give you some interesting situations, but yeah, there really wasn't much going on. I just did my thing while they fail to do their thing. Yeah, this is just the most in-depth tournament your report you're ever going to hear, by the way. <laughs>
1: there's actually no there's no show notes. It's just Julian's like, yep, nothing happened, yep, nothing happened. Just making happened. it
0: all up on the spot. Like, these people don't even know that they didn't even play in the challenge. Like, I totally made this up. Like, I'm not even a Magic player. Like, we've done 110 episodes. It's so, like nobody has ever seen me at a tournament. <laughs> Dude, could you actually do that? Like go into a completely different card game and then just like talk about it and, and make a podcast and, and see like how long it takes for us to get called out.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you'd get away with it for a while if you do your research and find things out and then just start, start talking about it. <laughs> I want to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: so after a quick start, uh, 2-0, and uh, second round of phase... Um, do we call the deck like Blue, blue White, Red, chess Guy, Saga, whatever, like Monkey, Saga, Saga, st- no, it's not even still anymore.
1: Yeah, like chess Guy, Saga, Blue, White, Red, Saga, works Sounds for good. me. Yep.
0: And guess what, they had fucking Crucible of Worlds. Like, the That's- mirror matches are so insane. Like, you really have to be conscious about which way you trade resources. Like, for example, like, you really, really want to salt Suplosha as the Merktite, and you don't want to assault like, any of the ground creatures, because you later on can't prismatic ending the Merktite. So, so, this is like, many things strategically to think about. Like, what, you want to Pyroblast and stuff, whether you want to fight over Explosive Duration, and then they just fucking go to turn five, tap three mana and cast Crucible of Worlds and like they, they get an Ursa's Saga all the time. Like, so what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's so I nasty. Got them All the way down to one life while I was sitting like at 18 and had one more creature than they had and then they get the Saga and then and, 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 and like for, for like five turns I was like adding creatures and removing creatures from the board mm-hmm. and eventually it just got me. Like I couldn't deal that one last on point of damage.
1: That's a pretty cool tech. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i guess they game had to send as well yeah, they had in yeah. They had the kitchen
0: sink they say Sweet. all agreed game two i do the totally broken thing i go and turn one raga one turn two attack steal their stand still
1: <laughs> lovely
0: i feel like the king like i feel like the the, the the best player in the entire world i'm like oh yeah look at this gonna connect every single time gonna get more tokens and not cast the spells yeah guess what they then just let go and play versus saga And that just, like, wrecked me. Yeah. (laughs) I cast a standstill for, like, they couldn't have, like, imagined any other way. Like, not only did they not have to cast a standstill, they even dug one card deep into the deck because they didn't even have to draw it. It's just, like, I played it and I cracked it later on.
1: They definitely drew the Saga of the Turn, like, as their top deck. 100%. Uh, For sure, for sure.
0: Mm. (laughs) So, yeah, one on one. Guess what I played next round? Another blue white, Red Saga deck. I apparently won two and one, tight games, I- I'm sure. Next round, I'm up against blue white, Red Saga. Notice a pattern here?
1: <laughs> a lot of monkeys. Uh,
0: I won two and one as well, uh, but I really I went down to 50 seconds. Like, I almost lost the third game to timeout. I, th- I might have been behind like 10 minutes or something, but there was a lot of shit that needed to be posted in Kai's chat because he was also playing the challenge and... and Somehow that's just, like, much more entertaining to me than to to, to <laughs> play my own matches. Uh, I, th- I think yeah. at, like, two two minutes left or something, I, I really had to post – oh, yeah, I had to post the German name of some card in chat because people were wondering about it. So I went to, like, Scryfall and I was like, yeah, I know I only have two minutes left, but this needs to be done, you know? You maniac.
1: <laughs> I, I- – I mean, so I'm surprised because yeah, you're a very fast player. I play pretty fast as well. So the moment I, the moment red goes in the clock, I start like almost panicking. I'm like, oh shit, 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 shit! I just stop doing everything else when when it hits red. So yeah, I would. You're better than me at shit posting. Yeah, and Renser and Vanquisher.
0: It's just we we need to translate that for chat to to see the beauty of Überwältiger aus dem Zaunkönig River. Anyway, what you what, mate? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You what? that's what they said but yeah that that match it really feels like Merktide is is just like the, the one big trump card everything eventually boils down to Merktide and keeping much like alive for two swings like you basically mentioned earlier right like the the, mm-hmm. the, the saga tokens trade um your retrofitter foundry will eventually get prismatic ending usually like very quickly um ragamans are like shit in the late game because nobody has wastelands for for carcasses and stuff like nothing really matters until the merktites come down, and then usually like there, there's like almost a cascade of merktites. Like eventually, both players get to a spot where they can resolve merktites. Especially in the first game, you know, when, when there's no pyroblasts involved and everybody shuffled away their brainstorm, uh, their farcefuls. At least they try to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I eventually got there with the double merktite, where my opponent still was on the July August tech of True Name Nemesis. It was just like too slow for the big dragon.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think I saw some people saying True Name is good in the deck. I think it was Bob actually. Or maybe it was in Delver specifically, I could be wrong here. So it's not not this deck, but saying it plays pretty well against these decks because Merc Tire is the only thing the card cares about in the whole deck, basically. But uh, yeah, if you're on the back foot, it's just going to be bad. It, it always has been. It certainly feels
0: scary, especially out of Delva, because your life total is usually much lower and then like... All of your grindy stuff doesn't really work anymore, and you know you're never going to get rid of the true name. Mm-hmm. So eventually, like you get to a spot where you try to like sort the plowshares, yeah, big construct or a merc tie to to buy another turn. It gets awkward for sure if if it's out of direva, but if, out of these decks, honestly, I think I'd rather play another uh, regent.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say quickly if you like playing this kind of event again, so you've played against the, the the mirror match four times in the three times in the first four rounds. Would you play a fourth regent in the deck? Do you think?
0: Mm. Mm. the thing no i i I don't think i i don't think i would really change anything the only card i was like touching a couple of times before i submitted the deck was the the force of negation in main deck i'm just like not a big fan of having like five forces but it's also just because i i i I usually like rather disrespect combo decks and i like oh i can just like wing it you know that's just like do some smart thing with a card they they didn't expect to be used in that way, but I mean, that's not really happening on Magic Online. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I'm i happy that I had the, fa- the Force in main, and yeah, I think I would just like keep it like that. Uh, yeah. Especially because like against Blue-Red Delver, for example, like it, it's fine having not as many Merc Tights, because you're like in a heavy control role anyway. Uh, whereas in the Mirror, it, it certainly helps. Uh, it's just like, obviously I would cut any of the forces for it, but mm-hmm. just with, with the overall impression, I'm really happy with the list.
1: Yeah, I guess against delve you're just usually winning with Saga rather than like the Murktide Mirrors.
0: Yeah, you you yeah. basically crush them under under the threat of violence. It, it mm. sounds like very political. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, cool, but you,
1: but you pulled out the uh, the win with a few seconds left?
0: Yeah, like 50 yeah. seconds, I believe. <laughs>
1: oh. Anorex yeah, probably, like, probably like, that's Charles' play. Get down to two seconds, then talk to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are rookie numbers, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so round five. Uh those games actually ended a lot more quickly. I played against Sneak Show. I got Sneak Showed in the first game. I got um pretty much demolished by Emrakul, Brasgress Brand. I think you-, you might have seen this intricate combo before, it's it's quite interesting.
1: <laughs> no, I um maybe, maybe. I don't know. After yeah, yeah. I'll have to it, try it again sometime.
0: It's quite good. They they hit you yeah. for twenty-two and they draw 14 cards.
1: Wow. And they fly and they kill your whole board. <laughs> Seems pretty effective, actually. Yeah. Nice.
0: But otherwise, yeah, I, I really just like it. was almost smooth sailing, which is not something you really hear often against um, sneak shows. Uh, they also had like some interesting card choices. That they had Through the Breach. And yeah, I really just got there. I Pyroblasted the Sneak and I Force of Negation to Through the Breach. And then I had Maddening Mage, two DRCs. Do, do we really call them Darcy? I don't like it. Dragonroid's mm, Yeah, Yes, Never Hit.
1: Darcy hasn't hit with me either. So I'll just be saying Dragon Rage, Dragon's Rage. Darcy sounds or like Chandler. a Or Chandler. Darcy. Yeah, <laughs> Channel is good. Yeah. Chandler,
0: yeah. So yeah, I just got there with like Melling Mage, um, Chandler, and Merktite. And that's that's she wrote. Uh, mm. Oh yeah, I saw another game with Count time Priest. Whatever. <laughs> nice. Ah, uh, yeah. As you do. Yeah, I, I can tell you much more about what ha- what was happening in Kai's chat and the shit we were posting there. <laughs> <laughs> From
1: Spiral Machinen and stuff like yeah.
0: that. At this point, I was still, like, not really focused on the challenge, even though I... At that point, I was 4-1-1, nice. Um, next round, time becomes an issue again, because I'm actually playing versus slants. And in the first game, I really just got there. I played One, Channeler, made a Topter, which I guess is a 1-1, one one, right? Uh, and then I really did just, like, nothing other than countering all the tutoring. Uh, they, they had, like, crop rotations and stuff, and I was like, yeah, counter this, counter that, and, and then it just, like... They had nothing. I just, mm-hmm. they they, they made like my Roger one all the time, but I just hit them for three, and and they eventually just like didn't get there. It's still, you know these weird games. Like sometimes you get crushed by lands, and sometimes you have these games where you like you counter two enablers, and and then they literally have nothing except for a cu- couple of like weird lands. Don't yeah, really it can. always
1: feels it feels feels weird when they do that. Like sometimes they keep a hand which is like six, like five or six lands in exploration, but missing one piece or usually a loam or something and so they go crazy like oh my god i'm in so much trouble but then they're always right to keep these kind of hands but then they just don't draw the one thing they needed and you just like attack them and you get to do your thing and they have nothing it's it's funny in that way like uh, i guess
0: while could exploration is one of those cards that makes it even easier for them to keep these hands because now they have even more business
1: yeah yeah so i think yeah again like hearing these things where they do nothing it's very easy to think like oh what did they keep but i'm sure it's it's right to keep these kind of hands because they very often have like you know one accelerant like a mox diamond or, or a exploration or something and then like half of the stage depth combo as well and they could just yeah. throw thing. so they have tons of outs and stuff but yeah you feel like you got like a free ride when you when they don't do their thing you're like oh my god thank god for that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and then game two it literally takes forever uh, I think I, I made one big strategic mistake where I actually, I didn't stick to Lord Ozymandias' advice because he writes in the primer that you are really supposed to either needle or alpine moon uh, the, the maze of it. And okay. just uh, I was like, yeah, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. And and they presented a board uh, where, where I felt like where if they draw dark depth, I'm rather fucked if they play it right. And... At that point, I was like, I didn't have Caracas yet, so I I, I just got like Alpine Moon down and then named Thespian Stage. And guess what? Something, something like 16 minutes later, they have like multiple mazes of it. I I could have attacked them on several occasions to to just like maybe close the game. I think they maced me something like 20 times over the course of the entire game, and I spent like something, something like I don't know, altogether 20 turns thinking, had had I just named that other thing, yeah. but yeah, you, But
1: then like if you named uh Maze of Ith they totally draw that depth next turn. So the very next turn, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent
1: like guaranteed. It's just how it goes.
0: Yeah. But those games are really weird, right? So so mm. the opponent like started the game with quite a lot of time. I think they they had like sixteen minutes left. I think I might have even have yeah, I think I had less time than them, obviously because of shit posting. Um but then then the game went on and, and they had me somewhat under control like i i, I got ported and Wastelanded pretty hard until i found another needle and i still didn't name mace i i named Wasteland, but i kind of had to because otherwise tabernacle would, would end up eating up all my stuff but then for for something like you know i don't know 10 to 15 turns i almost didn't do a thing like i just sat there, sat there behind like forces and force of negations whenever they found something like loma and punishing fire i would just like exile it or mm. counter it and and then we literally wouldn't do anything. It was so weird because they they had saga and they made a couple of tokens, but my tokens were bigger because I had mm-hmm. the needle and I had the lantern and stuff. And, and then need-
1: then I guess you you just can't attack because all the mazes as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can't yeah. attack, and, and they could also like just like make make a good double block for them, and and we literally wouldn't do anything. And and I was like, what's going on? What, what is the other guy waiting for? Like, <laughs> what's that to draw? But yeah, the, the <laughs> without going too deep into it, we literally spent sixteen minutes. Almost doing nothing. Like land drops were made on either side, lands were tapped for green with um Yavi cradle creative growth and stuff, but nothing else was really going on until eventually they managed to get rid of my needle and started wastelanding me down. And then I almost had nothing left. I, I had like a Tide that was holding back their their constructs. And I think they cleared the entire board with a blast zone. But this is this is like this was if this match was a TV show. People would like tune out and be like, nothing's happening. What the fuck? Is, is that like a TV show that that's famous for nothing ever happening, really?
1: I kinda love these nothing happening games. Like the, the dynamic of you can lose on turn one and like yeah, people are really trying to do that these days, especially. And then you have these games just so long and grindy, turn twenty and stuff going on and even though there's nothing going on, I I think they're interesting. Lands always feels like a constrictor in that point because at that, at that point, they have so many things that they can draw, and then you, you're you just like, oh, I need to draw this before they draw that, and they're just like, yeah, I just need to draw these things.
0: Yeah, when I think about it, I think that the, the one big thing in this game was that they probably didn't bring in Force of Vigors if they had them, because I guess they would have seen them at some point. Uh, and they had to naturally draw Blast Zone because I was like countering all that tutoring once again. So until they found Blast Zone, they literally couldn't do a thing because they couldn't attack. They couldn't like deny my resources really other than port. They they they, they couldn't kill me. And once they actually found that, I just make a, made a work tight and then they couldn't attack again, which meant they had to start slowly like work on my lands. And eventually, eventually, they I think they might've actually won. I'm pretty, yeah, they would've won the game but they had 50 seconds left and they were still down a game. So yeah, at some point mm-hmm. they just conceded.
1: Yeah. Fair. <laughs> that is, that is the price you paid for playing a slower deck in a, in a tournament where people are going to make you play it out and stuff as well. So definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was quite convenient. It gave me a lot of time to to watch Twitch. <laughs> this time, I still wasn't like fully in it. I, I think I was five and yeah, five and one at that point. And now the next round, round seven, the the penultimate round of the Swiss comes up, and now so, I'm really getting. into it. So you're
1: probably it. going into it thinking I'd really love like just an easy player, just you know,
0: no one too good. Yuck. Give me my best matchup and, and mm-hmm. like, maybe an inexperienced player and something. Let me just, like, smooth cruise control through the match. So I sit down, and there's a guy called JPA93. Have you heard of him?
1: Yikes. I might have. <laughs> Indeed.
0: Yeah, so JPA, for those who don't know, he's considered one of the biggest end bosses of Magic Legacy on, on uh, Magic Online, right? Is, is that accurate? I think yeah. Eric Lenton used to be up there when he... St- actually, he still plays a lot again. Mm-hmm. But JPA is, is one of the most feared people in the world, especially when he's playing his signature deck, Sneak Show.
1: Yeah. The joke is he always has turn one show-and-tell with Grizzled Brown and with six forces back up. But the, reali- <laughs> the reality is he's just really good with cantrips. <laughs> but yeah. Step <laughs> the secret to unlocking him? <laughs> I think so.
0: Yeah. yeah. We, we had some really, really tight games. Not as tight as the finals, but uh, up there. So the yeah. first game... I almost get that. I almost get that because he gets his Grizzlebrand down. He draws seven. He attacks. He draws seven again. He gets a Grizzlebrand down to block. He gets, he he gains like infinite life, draws infinite cards, and I still almost, almost kill him. Like he actually, he had to go down to Lotus Petal, sneak attack in Simeon Spirit Guide to block a construct to just barely stay alive.
1: Wow. So you, so you're like, did you have two constructs or something to? Trials, I had more actually, like four it's... or something. I had, oh, okay.
0: like, I had all the constructs in the world, they were like giant. Uh, at some point, like I was really, actually yeah, the Grizzlebrand actually died to a construct. The construct must have been at least seven, seven. Nice. I, I remember like I set it up in a way that, that, that even if he had Grizzlebrand and he blocked with it, he couldn't draw with it because the, the Grizzlebrand would instantly die in combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost got that. Like this, this really speaks to the power of Saga. Like if, if you get a little bit of time, I think I popped like four Sagas or something, uh, two Sagas for four constructs. It's it's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, in the end, I still got JP eight. I mean, rightfully so. Right, he drew fourteen cards. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think most people would have it if they
0: drew fourteen. <laughs> uh, I've I've seen some example Shoutouts to to a friend of mine who lost to to goblins. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Anyway, like, no, one, nobody anyway. beats goblins. Yeah. So uh, in the second game, I, I really just like run all of them. I go like turn one, um, channeler. Turn two, channeler, and then I. Almost immediately, "quote unquote," flip the channelers because on on JPS' turn, he hasn't played a second land, and he goes he, he went preordained top bottom on the first turn on a of a basic island, and then on the second turn he goes for a main phase brainstorm. And I'm like, you know what? There's an upside to dazing this, and maybe I can flip my my channelers anyway, and I literally flip the creature and the sorcery that I needed. So I immediately untapped with like six points of power on the board. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really good, yeah. flip Delvers. It really felt like that, for sure. And yeah, from there, just like I said, being Force of power Pyroblast, and then another um, days, and I, I literally had everything again. Like mm-hmm. the, People talk about how you can't win tournaments without getting lucky. I was very lucky in this tournament. In, in a way, actually, we're, we're going to have some really, really interesting stats towards the end of this. And... Yeah, we. Were, I don't want to spoil it. I don't. Mm-hmm. But but hang on, there's going to be some interesting stats towards the end of it. Very interesting. So yeah, in the third game, um, I once again have everything, but I'm just sitting on one land all the fucking time. Like I have a channeler down again. I have two forces. I have two blasts. Uh, I I think later on I even draw another thing. But I just can't find another land. And without a second land, you know, I can't play the second Blast. And then I get Brainstorm Locked and everything. I even have to discard. I discard a Merktide Regent at the end of turn. So JPA goes for it. And I have triple permission with the two forces and a Blast. And he still gets there. And the thing gives some sneak attack with his last card, Emrakul. Completely annihilates my board. Puts me down to something like, th- I think, three or, or, or so. Of, of yeah, mm-hmm. I- I'm basically dead, right? You know, at this point upon has a sneak attack. Lands. I don't have lands. I think I don't. Like, I have like two cards in hand that I can't cast. I, I. I'm basically dead.
1: Well, only drawing one land is pretty good against Emrakul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking about the
0: upsides, right? The value. Yeah, the value. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the value
1: indeed. <laughs> but yeah, I get I
0: get kind of lucky again because I immediately almost immediately draw Saga and Saga two turns later gets the um, the needle for sneak attack for uh, hopefully or rather fortunately um uh, jpa didn't really draw anything mm-hmm. so i i went back into it and i think seven turns later i actually won after he didn't do a thing for seven turns that's crazy The good thing eventually there would be like a show and tell i was even scared before i found the needle that he would uh, um like sneak attack raga one in because it's, i think at some point i actually went down to two life for oh yeah the was a veteran or something yeah not even the dash. Like I, I, I could have even like tried to fight over the death. The, the dash. I think I might have had another farce. But okay. if it comes off sneak attack before I had the needle, I was like, I, I even typed in chat. You know, I, I already know that I'm gonna lose this game to to sneak attack dragon. one.
1: <laughs> I, I uh, lost to to a similar thing where they just like stuck in a seeming spirit guide.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, Is it's, like it's a, a way to go for that because um, in in, my, in painter there's the monkey blast right. Was this the monkey bolt?
1: <laughs> monkey bolt yeah I like it monkey <laughs> bolt indeed
0: or monkey shock yeah monkey shock yeah it's, it's basically a shock right Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, I, I never thought I would actually get that but I seven times later Chandler just murders him and, and I, I feel like I really stole something but this mm-hmm. this was the very moment in the entire tournament I felt like okay dude that's just like focus now. This is like actually a big deal, and you just gotta win one more match, and then you're gonna be in the top eight, and you're gonna be qualified for the thing that Callum will later tell you all about because you still don't know yet. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, you you got yeah. it earlier, yeah. You got it. Yeah, I, I so
0: got it, but, but I cheated. I looked it up.
1: Yeah, nice. Well, you're learning because that's what I did to learn it as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're, you're six-one now, and so you're like yeah, I'm right, six-one now. Right, stop one more sh- round coming up. Not shit. Ship. Stop shit posting. Uh, you've beaten JPA, you've gotten lucky and look, th- these kind of events you just like you said before, you have to get lucky people who win events very often get like a few very lucky spots in the tournaments and they always kind of point them out as like, oh yeah, well you know, I wouldn't have won if this happened it just happens to everyone that wins events it's just like how it goes so you do have when those games luck
0: meets preparation and opportunity or something that, that's kind of am sure there's, very wise saying about that
1: yeah, that we won't know <laughs> but yeah <laughs> So what happened so yeah, in the
0: last I round? I First of all, I closed Kai's stream. I'm very sorry, but I had to do it, you know, wow. for for the player points, for the ticks, for, for the fame. Mm-hmm. And I'm up against Band Miracles. And this is super interesting because in the past, the Band Miracles matchup, a lot of times it actually came down to decking in the first game. I remember when, when Andrea Mangucci, like he, when he first played the deck, I think we talked about it on Twitter and I told him, you know what, a lot of times this really comes down to decking. And let, like the next day he posts about how he won, with decking twice in the first game against band miracles with this deck god (laughs) so i'm like okay i'm probably in for a long 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 game and i i read mr lord as guide i just can't this the best guide i've ever read (laughs) is it maybe it might be and he talks a lot about how you really really should trust your deck and just like prioritize all your value cards, like all the big stuff. Like all the small stuff doesn't matter, but you really want to resolve your expressive iterations. You really want to ex- resolve your tides It helps if you like stick something early on, but you can really go toe-to-toe with them and and like play a reasonably like pretty grindy game against them. And yeah, that's that's what I was ready for. But my opponent apparently like, had other plans for the match. I, I don't know. So I am I think I might have even been on the draw. I, I go turn one Dragon Raid's Channeler. I'm an opponent force of at pitching Snapcaster Mage. Like, what? Is that something you do?
1: I'm trying to, like, put myself in their shoes. So, it like, you know, first reaction is, holy shit, that's that's incredibly aggressive. Um, I feel like they must have a hand that is just, like, either very cantrip-heavy or land-heavy, or, like, they just have, like, an Uro and a Jace or something, just very clunky, and... The Snapcaster, so actually pitching the Snapcaster means they can't have cantrips, I guess. Like, they would never pitch the Snapcaster, I think, if they had a Brainstorm or a Ponder. But they probably just have a second Snapcaster and then some clunky cards. And I can see it. Like, it, you could have a, a one-threat hand, um, and they, they that buys them the time they need because they are confident in their late game. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, uh, like, not very normal play, but I could see some hands thinking about it and doing it. Yeah, like, I, It's not its not I, what you want to do, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's... I mean, it's... You, like, we are a podcast and we're supposed to be nice to people, especially since you don't know the opponent, but I think it's a really bad play. Mm. I thought it was, like, really, really bad at the time. Because I, maybe I'm lacking the imagination, but I i have a really hard time imagining keeping a seven where, where you would want to do that. I and agree. I, the, the obvious thing would be, like, oh, I want to protect our planeswalker that's going to come down later on, but... Uh I'm, I'm, you, uh, I'm just like not seeing it. <laughs> no, I agree.
1: I agree. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, and there, I think there's always some like we can find their reasoning, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah, that's that's actually a really important thing, right? Yeah. And,
0: understanding the reasoning still gives you some kind of enlightenment, even if you think it's overall the wrong decision. It's still important to understand the reasoning behind it.
1: Absolutely. I, like I yeah, think that's yeah. that's how I like to play the game, because. Um, yeah, like, people always have a reason for doing something, even if it ends up being a quote-unquote, like, objectively bad play, they have reason for it, and they must have had, just, do you think that they put you on elves and, like, kept that thinking they have it for a glimpse for a natural order, and then when you have the channeler, they kind of shifted gears? Yeah, Maybe you know they know had... what, actually, yeah. I could imagine, maybe they
0: kept a hand that's, like, super heavy on forces. And, and they're just like trying to stall the game until they can find, you know, may- maybe like a brain. Like, imagine if, if you're sitting on a bunch of forces and, and, I mean, that's not great against elves, but I mean, okay, mm-hmm. you, you can at least like see why somebody would do that. And, yeah. and then you're like, oh, damn, it's, it's not elves. And hopefully this is not like not, uh, Delva on an aggressive start because I might have actually gone, um, Volcanic Island. Who knows? And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I just got to slow you down and maybe I can grind you out. And and then they maybe just like didn't know that I was actually like Blue, White, Red, Monkey Saga. So obviously like trying to stop my early aggression isn't nearly as good as it would be against Delva. So maybe that's where they're coming yeah, from.
1: I agree. I've I've forced Delvers as as miracles in the past because you just don't know the matchup or you think the opponent's on something else. And then you're just like, oh crap, I got my pants down. I've got loads of crappy forces in my hand. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, the plan is... I hope that you've have a threat that you have like a very threat light hand Mm -hmm. and you're hoping to like resolve this one and then start cantripping. But if you counter that and then they just cantrip twice on their turn two, yeah, they'll find a threat for turn three, but that's given you two draw steps to find your own cantrips removal. So yeah, again, it's not a play that like I'd agree with ever in the dark, but it's hard to say. And so I think, yeah, you're right. It's either like a clunky hand or force, force heavy makes the most sense or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. in, like, either case, um, I just get the, I just have another saga, I get the Foundry down, and the Foundry actually does a lot of work there as well, and they just, like, never really get anything going from that point of, th- I don't even remember what it is, maybe maybe there was, like, a, an Uro that hit the graveyard before the game ended, but Saga is just, like, so good, especially, you mm-hmm. know, I, I like that Barnes, Miracles, started thinking about, oh, we we need to add red, right, our deck our, our just, like, lacks something. We talked about that on, on the on the last episode, where I, where I also talked about how I feel like, this was like one of the biggest gaping design holes in deck construction in recent years where, where Bard Miracles really needed red. Mm-hmm. And this one didn't have it. And that's also basically how I got there um, in the in the second game. They they were like super, super reliant on Uro, And while like I was doing my thing with Dragon Rage Channelers and Merkites and stuff, they they spent so much money trying to make Uro work. And it's almost kinda well, it's not sad because you like to see it <laughs> from the <laughs> side of the board. Yeah. When you know, okay, they're spending three mana on Oro this turn and the way the game is played out, they're definitely going to try to escape Oro next turn. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on double pyroblast. Like you're get definitely getting like kind of time walked for two turns in a row for sure now. And yeah. that's, that's pretty much what happened. Like, I, I, I just get a Merktite down and it yeah, finishes the game. Just, like, gets over there. I think maybe even just, like, once with Channelers early on in the game again. God. The, 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 God it's just absurd. Yeah, it, it Merc does Tide, that. Yeah. it's pushed to the very limit of what you can do in a ki- I mean, it's not really vanilla, but it's kind of vanilla. It, it's the yeah, very it, limit of what I, you I can do. I would call it vanilla.
1: It's just, yeah, I agree. Completely super, super, super pushed. Like yeah, it's got the growing ability and flying as an ability, but it's still pretty vanilla. Like people call <laughs> this people, is legacy, yeah. right?
0: We, we have dragons that keep growing and they fly, and we still call them vanilla. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to think about this card anymore. It's just it just kills you. That's it. Crazy. It's the, it's the single
0: most important card in the entire run for me. This like almost yeah. all the games. I mean, I played a lot of matches where It really matters, right? There, there are other games that actually have. Yeah, I think it's only combo where it doesn't matter as much. Everything else is just, like, insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah. I'm I'm sitting at 7-1. I move into the quarterfinals, and I'm up against Blue-Red Delver. Hey, for a change, at least. Yeah. And Breath of fresh air, Blue-Red Delver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I just, like, really enjoyed playing the match, because in our show notes, I put it as, you can actually, like, quote-unquote, relax your brain and just play, like, a control deck. Yeah that, that, that makes sense that's what to me it feels like
1: that your role is incredibly obvious now they can play a grindy game too but you just you just have all the same cards but a few more late game tools a bit more removal so yeah you, you can relax you just your your cards are almost analogous like you know you, you need to save your swords for the Murktides. tides you try and um pro- you probably want to just trade creatures if you, if the option comes up yeah and then you want to prismatic ending the one drops and that's pretty much it
0: yeah, the only way you really lose this, and I mean, that's how it works, right? Is, is if you get tempered out mm-hmm. and you you have seven one mana removal spells for the early stuff, and uh, you, you also have dazes. So I don't know, it's. I don't want to go to the place where I call it a good matchup because it's a blue red diver, and I don't think it's, it's probably like really even just from a strategic point of view. I find it so relaxing because you're, like you mentioned, your role is set in stone for almost the entire match. There's very few scenarios where you really like switch gears and try to go on the offensive because you know, it's like, it, I guess that's like where true name comes in, right? If, if they ever have true name and you're like low on life, you actually have to adapt strategically and you might actually need to go very aggressively and kill them before the true name gets here. But that doesn't really happen very often. Like you, you rarely ever see true name in these decks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, um, we, we basically already just, like, described the first, described the first game. <laughs> <First laughs> the how game. it goes. Like, we, we literally just, like, we trade everything. Everything, like, trades off, damn, damn, damn. And then I have it's a saga because my lands actually put something like 10 power into play, and theirs don't. <laughs> it's- and that's how I finished the first game. Second game, um, I'm actually able to handle two of their Merktite ty- uh rather early on in the game. And then they get in this weird position where they, like, once again, they know that I'm going to win the late game. So they, they have a Dragon Raids Channeler and they keep hitting me with it because I haven't find a solution, found a solution for it yet. And, and they're like, you know, I really, really, really want to flip this Channeler to maybe end this game rather quickly. So they, they bolt my face to get the this, surveil. This they gutshot my face to get this avail, and I think actually they bought my face twice. And they just, like, can't find what they're looking for, so it stays a stays 1-1. A and, yeah, once I get my Merc down, like, I, I just have so much more time because it didn't flip. Uh, I just take the game from there. So, yeah. I mean, props to them. I, I mean, the one thing you could argue is, like, do you really want to keep bold postboard, uh, gutshot postboard at least? I guess the idea is that, that it hits uh, ragawan, but... At least when they're on the play, I could almost see siding it out, but really only if they have something better, right? If if there's nothing better, then might as well just keep the gut shot.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the way the deck is like together, they probably sided out like any force of negations that might be there. A couple of forces probably, maybe even all of them, like dazes. I guess on the play, you'd probably keep some or all. Yeah, I I should
0: keep all if I was Blue Red Over. Yeah, probably. probably.
1: Yeah, yeah, true, but um. Yeah, maybe I, I can see that, but I can also see them thinking I just need to play super aggressively. And gut is a spell and a and a surveil to try and flip dragon Rage challenges faster. Um, if they think the matchup is so bad, you try and do that.
0: Yeah, I guess we would be sitting here and saying, "Oh, this is so smart." They gutshot, shot, and then they actually they hit the the expressive iteration to put the sorcery in the graveyard, and then they <laughs> yeah. got me. The, exactly. S- Chef's kiss. <laughs> they they
1: they bolted their own ragavan, so against creature in the graveyard, and then dashed another one, and yeah, that'd be cool.
0: Next level. Yeah, yeah, but but not this time. I move yeah. on to the seventies. I am up against Black Red Reanimator. This is the first proper combo. Oh no no wait! I played against Sneak and Show twice. Oh, disrespect <laughs> to Sneak and Show proper but, combo. Deck.
1: Wow, shots fired. I see. I see where we're going. Yeah. But at
0: least it's a little bit more of a, like, balls-to-the-wall combo deck, even though it has, like, a lot of play against it, um, mm-hmm. against, like, permission and stuff. Um, in the first game, it's, I mean, is there a name for these games where, where they, like, discard your Forcifil, then it's your turn, you draw the Forcifil, they go for it, you have it? <laughs> well, it's the Thoughtseize
1: thought bug. Uh, <laughs> or the Unmasked bug, I guess.
0: In, in this case, I think it was the Unmask quick Yeah, pretty yeah. much it. Um, the, in their defense, I mean, not their defense, they definitely had to go for it, but they had to go for it anyway because I, I had Saga coming up and Saga would have found Lantern. I think they, they would have required too much resources from their part to actually play around Lantern. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just get there in the first game. Nice. But second game, my opponent Mulligans against the five and I'm already fist pumping because I think I kept a pretty good hand. Uh, I, I had a, got a bunch of permission. I decided to actually force of negation their looting because they they kept five, and I was like, okay, how many how many ways can I lose this game? And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, maybe if they got everything. And from experience, like one of the hardest part, harder parts of deck is to actually put something to the yard that they care about. Sometimes you know when they even just like put a Chancellor uh, or a Chancellor in the graveyard, doesn't mm-hmm. really matter all that much. But I, I, I was just feeling it, and I guess yeah. it
1: was pretty good. So, did you have another force as well? I think, yeah. I yeah, I really yeah. like it if you have a second one. If you if you only have one, it comes closer. I still like it. I think, especially if it's a force of negation. But having a second force, you can agree, you can afford to, like it's not greedy. commit the wrong way, actually. But like, it's a it's a play that you need to make because you don't know if they have the creature yet. But they can very easily like you know discard an archon and a chancellor and then cast the exhum. So you have to force that. You can't like you know play some soft. I guess you don't play surgical. Cool. But yeah, anyway, no, I like it. It's good.
0: Yeah. I uh, yeah, and from then they really don't do anything. I think they, they just like play a couple of lands. I eventually get a one and dash it in. I actually hit a Grief, which is probably one of the best things you can actually hit out of them, right? When the, when their graveyard is empty. So I, I look at the hand and after they played like a couple of lands and didn't do anything, the grief looks at the hand and they see a lot of and more lands, and the opponent that like, much just like concedes to like you know what yeah. it's just Oh you cast the grief anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cheeky, oh my god. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to hit something really good, but then it was just like a lot of spell. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever.
1: <laughs> I wonder how many times Grizzled Man's been cast off Ragavan.
0: Well, ca- well oof, cast is... Uh, it's really it's like happened. Four? I've, I've,
1: I've seen one screenshot on Twitter from Modern, maybe, but uh, it's happened once, at least. So you, somewhere. You just, yeah, somewhere in the world of Magic Online.
0: You know, when I played against JPA, I think, um, I actually, I hit Emrakul, and like for one second, I was actually counting my mana, and I'm like, okay, don't get silly. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a, that's so many
0: Ragaman hits, they're probably just dead from damage. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you can cast it with like your regular lands, right? It's, yeah. You, you don't need so say, so say
1: you have five lands, you need 10 treasures, that's 20 damage.
0: Yeah, maybe you have more lands, or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you stole like, um, a lotus petal and you, you got the treasure okay early on <laughs> so anyway. you need,
1: so let's yeah it's yeah i think that i think they'd be dead but it's cool
0: moving on to the finals yeah finals finals once time. again so how are you feeling now right
1: you were you you know like finals of a pretty big tournament i know you've been there before but especially for a day where you said that earlier you were just like not really concentrating and stuff do you expect to be keep on crushing
0: yeah. Like, yeah, like from the very <laughs> moment, like I, f- I focus on like a tournament, I, I immediately, it-, it sounds so cocky, right? But I just like, I can't even imagine any other outcome other than me winning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just like, it's not even like, oh, I'm so much better by- than my opponent. It's, it's really very much like somebody has to win. So why shouldn't it be me? And then like fr- from that point on, I-, I don't really find many great arguments why I shouldn't be winning. Like I can find many great arguments why anybody else in the tournament should be winning, but I don't even think all that much about it. I, I just think more like,
1: why shouldn't I win, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why not? <laughs> it, it's it's very kind of cheesy, but um, having confidence in yourself and your plays just makes you play better. And it's like it was a level up years ago for me where I was like trying to understand better players' plays and stuff and looking at them, thinking, oh, if I, I wouldn't have done that, so I was never really sure about my stuff. But then now after playing enough you're confident enough in your own play is that yeah you're just like okay well i need a reason to lose rather than a reason to win yeah that's you know a way? good way
0: to put it actually mm-hmm. i really like that i need a reason to lose and i can't find one yet so might
1: as well win yeah <laughs> so yeah what happened in the finals uh finals
0: uh my opponent actually uh, offers the split and i'm like no no split kill them all actually I, I listened to what they had to say but i was like no let's just play mm-hmm. for it so you, you got mali and... mujo running through your head
1: well is that a thing? Oh, yeah, he, he actually made the quote famous, right? Yep. Well, Mali was, it was his quote no splits, kill them all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that That's that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Blue uh, ray Diver. And I, how does it work? Oh, yeah, I, I lost the first game, but the first game was insane, dude. Mm-hmm. when I talked about how how like tight the game against against JPA was, forget about that. The first game in that match was one of the tightest games I ever played. We do a usual thing, like we talked about um, blue white red saga versus blue whatever. You trade off resources all the time early on. Nobody has anything, so eventually, eventually, like I'm on somewhat low life. Um, so is he. Uh, by the way, he's a grinder from from Netherlands. Shoutouts to Die Four Max, I believe the name is. Yeah, and. We, we have basically parity, like nothing's happening on board. We have no cards in hand. I think I might have had a land or something, but like nothing that matters. Opponent goes to draw step. Finds the best card in the matchup. Merktide region casts it. It's big enough to kill me next turn. I literally need to draw something. I draw Ponda. Great, right? I see a bunch of stuff. Nothing. I shuffle. I need to hit immediately on this. I either need to hit Merktite or I hit Sorts to Plowshares. That's what I find. I Sorts of to Plowshares the Merktite. Upon is like okay, cracks his fingers. At least that's how I imagine it. Draw the card. It's another Merktide. Merktide down. Another big Merktide. I'm like okay, let's let's try that again. I draw my card. It's a Merktide. I play Merktide. Upon is like oh, <laughs> wait can't just, get past that.
1: Sorry to interrupt, but do you both have like zero cards in hand? So you both know their top decks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I, I think I had one land like when when this all started, but then it okay. was just like but all done. Yeah, yeah, love it. So opponent makes the second merktide i'm like okay let me try my hand at that rip the card put it to the table it's another merktide they it's match sizes like, like all that. graveyards are chined.
1: god damn it so so there's like f- the last four draws have been merktides or three the last and three
0: draws thus far have been merktides and one of them has to be in assaults to answer their merktide like ridiculous. we literally went toe-to-toe for the last four draws ridiculous <laughs> opponent is not done yet <laughs> no stop <laughs> opponent is like, okay, cool, Julian. I've seen that before. You know what's the best card in the matchup? The third Merktite. Drips from the top, puts another Merktite to the table. Oh
1: my god. <laughs> so how, how so how big are they now? Because they're like growing each other, right?
0: So I think all of them have been like 8-8s. Eight like the giant, the, the graveyard was just like the biggest you can imagine. Yeah. And so the, the second one would then be like, uh, h- how much does it get? Like 5? So, so 30, 30, 13 or something? And then
1: yeah. there'd be 18-18s after that. Yeah. It's... it's... <laughs> So I guess just,
0: you just, just die. Yeah, the first one was, was sorted, so that that one doesn't count. Oh, true. Um, yeah. But yeah, the second one was like thirteen, thirteen, and I had to jump block, and then I just lose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. This uh, Murtad's the new siege right it just like come in packs.
0: Apparently, we, mm. we should we should be playing like pack hunt or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh like I, I told my friends later on, like Marius hausman was watching as well. I told him this is this is Casino Royale. You, you did did you watch that Bond movie, Casino Royale?
1: I think so. Can't remember what that goes there. There's
0: this one scene where they're like at the casino, and 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 the the villain, I think Le Chiffre or something, that they play Texas Hold'em, and they have the most obscene, absurd, statistically insanely rare hands up against each other. I think one of them has has four of a kind, aces or something, and the mm-hmm. other one has like has royal like flush um, uh, so, uh, not, maybe a royal flush, but it could have just been a straight flush. And yeah. when you think about it, I mean, it happens at some table somewhere around the world every whatever mm-hmm. like super rare and yeah every, and people are like oh come on this this is not like a proper representation of poker this like just almost yeah, never yeah. happens and like here we are like murktite swords murktite murktite murktite
1: well you guys are just showing all the idiots how to how to win events in top eight this is how you do it yeah i
0: think I actually posted that in chat right this this is how you go to the finals yeah
1: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> imagine if this happened in paper at a big tournament oh my fucking god actually I remember um, my opponent actually typed cheese in chat as I was like <laughs> you, you, like with Merc you always know it's already coming right because it's like says, the paying, uh, paying the cost yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> oh shit I'm dead god damn it <laughs> so yeah this this actually I don't want to say it took forever but the opponent actually went down to 14 minutes so he already had lost the first 10 minutes just on the first game and I was up like four minutes or something <sighs> like even just talking about it I'm already starting to spat again <laughs> But yeah, the second game, um, I, I'm off to a really good start. Uh, opponent doesn't really connect immediately with any of their creatures. And I think this game was almost entirely dominated by Foundry. Like The opponent eventually managed to get a Ragavan down that I couldn't really handle, but I have Foundry. Foundry made a token, blocked Ragavan, they played another Raghavan. Um Their their Chandler couldn't attack for quite a while because it hadn't, um, well, do we call it flipped? It hadn't grown yet, it, mm-hmm. it hadn't grown wings yet. And all the while, like, Foundry keeps making more tokens, Foundry keeps making something like into a top tar or something. And yeah, I just like buy a lot of time. And what happened? After- oh, yeah, they got a Merktite down. They got, <laughs> this is just like deja vu, right? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, sounds all right. What, what, what's the end game? Oh, it's a Merktite. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, it's just because of that, like, I bought so, so much time with the Foundry uh, that... When they finally got a Merc Tite down, I could still, like still jump block it, uh, I think, once. And, and you know how it works, right? If you're like the control deck, you just need so much breathing room to eventually unfold all your card advantage. And, you know, then your own answers come in. And I guess in this time, it's our own Merc Tides. So I got my own Merc Tide down. The board is completely stabilized. I, I have start having, like, you know, my—I think I even had, like, Constructs from the Saga. And I'm like, okay, this is this is easy— they're going to close out the game now. There's just, like, nothing that can happen from here. It's, I, I, like, I know this deck. Like, Merktite is the best I can present. And and I've got it all locked down. And then they go, like, boom. They cast Meltdown.
1: Yeah. You know, I would, I mean, I'm just not at the level. I haven't thought about siding in this matchup. But it seems kind of genius if you're thinking that you're going to get into these positions, which probably happens quite a lot, actually.
0: Yeah, just... I would guess the the most important thing for them is to you know get rid of the the construct tokens because yeah. they, they they basically like kind of even if you just do it like as tempo play right if, if mm-hmm. I'm there and I have like um, a couple of things on the ground and maybe you're gonna win the damage race by by basically fogging not even fogging like taking out all my big creatures for a turn but here it was like especially important because it also took out like all the small uh, guys and it took out the, um, the retrofitter foundry which which hurt me really badly but. Mm-hmm. What do I draw? I draw a merktide regent. Hey! <laughs> it's just like the story of the game. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so then they draw one, then you draw one, then they draw one, and then you draw one, then they hit draw one. Kinda, kinda. So so my my late game is um, basically I draw the second merktide regent. I have a saga and the pyro. I think that they no. I, oh yeah, I have one merktide regent. I have the saga and the pyroblast, and they have two merktide regents. But pyroblast. I mean, that, one of the few things that actually gets rid of a merktide on board is is the pyroblast, mm-hmm. and that's how I win the game after nice. almost losing it. Just, it's, MercTouch just like, swings around games really hard and, and I think, if you want to play Legacy right now, you need Pyroblast. This is something I've, I've actually gotten in the lessons learned from this thing. Like, everybody knows a good Pyroblast is, but Pyroblast is, almost at its best right now. There's amazing card advantage spells that people are playing in, like, excessive iteration, uh, but also, like, really, really powerful threats to close up the game so quickly. Like, Merktite Region is more scary than Chase to me, almost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: completely. I mean, yeah, there's, I don't think there's an argument there. And I think people were kind of, not moving away from Pyrolus, but in the earlier days of this format, they were... Not as high on it because it doesn't kill Ragavan and Dragonary Chandler, especially, so they're like, "Oh, you know, like you know you can only afford to play two in Delver, maybe, but now everyone is waking up to Merktide being just like the the thing you have to deal with like it's it's on par that it's yeah, Moctide, Chandler, and Ragavan are all kind of like must answers, but at different stages of the game, so yeah, but Merktide is a must answer in the sense that you actually just die, so you just have to answer it.
0: I wonder if there's, like, a mind harness for blue creatures that you can actually, like, steal Merktite for, for like, at least just a turn. It would be insane. Mm, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be something. I, I can't think of any. Maybe, just, may, maybe just, there's something really crazy.
1: Just um, threaten it. For, like,
0: three mana? Yeah, easy. <laughs> there, there must be, like, a a black and red threaten effect that makes you pay, like, five life or something. And, and you know what the flavor text should be? Worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, backlash is like cool anti-meta age tech, which could work. It's, I think it's also three mana, but instant. But you tap it, and then it does damage equal to its power to the to the opponent. Isn't Isn't that the one from from Tempest or Stronghold? Uh, invasion. Oh no no no! Oh
0: yeah, you're right. Actually, I was yeah. thinking about the one where the creature deals damage to itself equal to its power, but that doesn't help against my Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's one on one, and my opponent is down to two minutes and 30. I think they lost another 30 seconds. So they were like down to three minutes and then they lost another 30 seconds at the beginning of the last match, Mm -hmm. uh, last game. So they, they start the last game with two minutes and 30 while I had eight minutes. So I'm like, there's really only a few scenarios where I end up losing this. So that's also why I brought in Force of Will again, especially on the draw, because I felt like, okay, if they get like the most insane early game, maybe, you know, maybe they're going to get there. And I don't really need card advantage because in two minutes and 30, I can just like defend, defend, defend. And then if you start, like if they start hitting me for a bit of damage, it's not going to, they're not going to kill me in two minutes and 30. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. I like my opening feel hand. here as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I put in a screenshot of my opening hand, right? I have a Tundra. I have a Caracas for, you know, if they have like that the uh, Raghavan opening. I have a sorts to Plowshares, which feels great as well. I have Forceful, Brainstorm, Ponda, and, you know, Dragon channel, which doesn't matter. I mean, I can't cast it yet, but I'm on the draw and I have two cantrips. Apart Who from knows? the
1: channeler, I, I, I would, if I could choose a perfect hand, I think I would just replace the channeler with a land. But this is almost perfect, I think, in this scenario.
0: Yeah, this is, this is absolutely amazing, right? I, I look at this and I'm almost like, okay, I, I'm trying to see what they could do, but I'm like, okay, you know, let's just see what happens. And... Uh, Basically, I, I end up, I think, sort of a Raga one, um, after they wastelanded my, my Karakas at some point. And then I find a volcanic island and I actually decide to cast Dragon Rage Channel up because I'm like, you know what? They already wastelanded me once. Are they going to wasteland me twice again? Says the guy who just gets wasted. (laughs) What are you going to do? Shoot me? (laughs) Yes. yes, Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. They not only wastelanded me two more times, they actually wastelanded me four times in total. Like I'm already like kind of lucky I get the extra lands without casting the cantrips because I never get to do it. You know, my Karakas gets Wastelanded, my Tundra casts Assault Supply Shests, then gets Wastelanded, mm. my Volcanic Island casts the Dragon Witch, then gets Wastelanded.
1: <laughs> so, so in hindsight, I guess you're just thinking like you're not going to, you, you don't win this game on damage, you're going to win this game on time. So in hindsight, you have just cast the Ponder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is like I actually I ended up finding the lens anyway. So even if I cast a ponder, like mm-hmm. I mean this this is this is arguing from what actually happened in the game, but I, I'm just saying even yeah. if I cast a ponder, the outcome wouldn't have been better because I already got, got for it like I basically got the perfect draw anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay. yeah. <laughs> so um I put another sh- screenshot in. So at this point, the game is still stabilized because I I think a Force of World, um one of their early threats, I think a Force of World uh Araga one when they had nothing on Yeah, actually, yeah, a Force of all a Raga one then, when they had nothing on board. They, I think, actually fought back. They might have dazed the Force of all and then I thought so. Anyway, mm. we come to a point. I put the screenshot in here. Yep. Each one of us has a land. I have another land drop in Saga, two more cantrips, and a brainstorm. They have just a volcanic island. I am on 18 life. They have four cards in hand and 55 seconds. Can you imagine? I'm, I'm losing from here. They have 55 seconds. I'm on 18 life. We both have four cards in one land.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, like I I'm losing from here. No,
0: Nope. Oh, well, you didn't. You clearly didn't pay attention to the to the first two, uh, one hour and twenty of this podcast, and you can't imagine <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna lose from here.
1: Well, I, so so I haven't I haven't looked at your next show notes. I, I I know that you win, so I know you win the game on time. So a little spoiler, but. I'm looking at this thing, so you've got a tundra, opponent has a volcanic island, and your hand is Earth Saga, Brainstorm, and two ponders. The the way that I see that I'm losing this game is to murktide into Murktide, basically. It's the only way you're losing. So I would like I'd actually make this play where I'd ponder before playing the saga, because I think you want well, you want Pyroblast or Swords or a Force of Will. And I'd play it before the Saga because if you find like if you have to shuffle because you don't find any of those cards, right, you wouldn't mind another colored mana, basically, or volcanic island, I think, ink it so you can draw a pyroblast. So I'd ponder before the saga because you want to hear the second land. And if you da- if they daze it, that means they're not casting a a cha- a, um, a dragon for two more turns. So anyway, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the only way you're losing here is Muktide. Yeah. and so hit-
0: that's that's what they have. So I, no. I get the Ponder down. I think I have to shuffle the ponder. I think I find Merktide on the ponder. Which mm-hmm. you know, it would be kinda nice, but I also I got the feeling that if if I ever get to like two mana to cast a Merktite, it will either get dazed or like maybe even pyroblasted because I haven't really presented anything worth pyroblasting yet that they could have pyroblasted. Um so I'm I'm not too hot on the Merktide. Uh I, I shuffle the ponder, get the Merktide, pass, they make a Merktide. I can't do anything about it. Um and they wasteland me as well, I think. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah this is this is where another one of my lands goes. so eventually like i'm not even sure if i have enough lands left in the deck
1: yeah in the next screenshot i can see four wastelands in the graveyard <laughs> yeah
0: it's insane right yeah
1: i mean it's it's just like you put them in the deck
0: to draw them like the drawing the first three wastelands doesn't affect you you're likely to draw the last one anyway yeah so yeah they get the murktite down they hit me down to nine life it's an eight eight murktite they have how many seconds does it say does it say eight seconds left i think so yeah, I think they have eight seconds left. They hit me down to one. So on my turn, I ponder. The ponder shows me a land, but I can't use it because the land would take me from nine to eight and that puts me in, uh, in, in merktide range. So I'm like, okay, I have to shuffle this. The ponder doesn't find anything. Then on their turn, the merktide actually hits me down to one life. And I think at this point, they are down to one second. They, li- they are literally down to one second. So if they do it right, they remove all their stops and they immediately like, keep clicking the, the Merc Tide all the time and hit, keep hitting, I guess, yeah. F2 or, or kind of like, yeah, you, you don't want to screw it up, but that's just yeah. like really no no good way to go about it. So I'm like, okay, they, they can do that. If they play it really well, they can kill me in one second with this Merc Tide if I don't find anything. So I cast Brainstorm. This is not in the screenshot anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know my Brainstorm needs to find a Natural Tundra because I can't fetch them on one life and I hot to plowshares, or at the very least a Volcanic, and dragon Raid's channel so I can chump block for one more turn.
1: Mm-hmm. Or Pyroblast, I and, guess, but yeah. Yeah, that's another one. That's need You need, you need, you need natural lands, like. which is tough. Yeah, and, natural lands the, and the, right
0: the corresponding solution, which is like, yeah. yes, probably like more like a 5% or less. Yeah, play. pretty low. Yeah. I put the brainstorm on the stack. And now, interestingly, I think the opponent makes the even better play than trying to kill me with the Merktite. They hit me with Lightning Bolt. I'm on one life
1: hmm so and i guess I'm like, oh my god with one second they're just like boof, do it yeah they, they're just
0: i guess as soon as the brainstorm hits the stack they're like oh you know this, this, it's now or never this is this is the one moment where he's the weakest i'm just gonna hit them with the bright, uh, lightning bolt and mm-hmm. I, like i immediately daze it
1: yeah
0: and they can't pay and they i mean they i guess they could have paid but they just didn't have enough time anymore and yeah
1: yeah <sighs> so tight this is
0: when i saw the bolt i thought i was dead and then I'm like, oh, no, wait, let, let me daze it so I can even, like, bounce my land and replay it. So if the brainstorm, like, fire. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, they can't even pay. Time is out. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a
1: good lesson in, yeah, just, like, time management. These matches go long. And, I mean, you had over five minutes left at the end.
0: Yeah. I, I think the opponent, like like I said, in the first in the last match, I think they lost 30, 30 seconds or something at the beginning of the game. And, like, talking about the the split in the very beginning as well. So, Yeah. yeah. That's no how it works sometimes.
1: Yeah, congrats. So that means you're so the whole top eight, but it feels better to win it, obviously. So you queued for the qualifier. Is was this the second challenge of this like this a quarter of the year?
0: Do you know? uh It might have actually been the third one. I don't know. Like if this okay. is taking place in September, then the I guess the tournament should be happening in October, and then oh, we yeah. have another yeah. one in December or something, maybe. Yeah. Or January, I think. Sometimes
1: there's one. I'm not quite sure, actually.
0: Yeah, I think the last year is actually the, the last one that you qualified for in the last quarter was actually in January, so it might, might work out that way.
1: Yeah, so amazing. I mean, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's it's always those last games where you just like, again, in that first position, I would feel so good. I'm like, there's just nothing that can go wrong, blah, blah, and you're feeling good. And then, yeah, 4 Wasteland is so brutal. Like, and there's just a way it happens, and it's always kind of against the odds and stuff. But, you know, these things happen. These games happen.
0: I felt I felt really good about this this I I don't know just playing so many hours and especially like the first part was more like casual free fall or whatever and Mm -hmm. then I hit the JPA and JPA gave me gave me the focus that I needed to get into it it's like you know if this was like a movie this JPA comes (laughs) in at at the first half and he's like the old master and then I realized oh my god I can overcome him oh my god I'm destined to even greater things
1: (laughs) just rocky and the trainer comes in like you can do it man (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I actually
0: gotta watch Rocky, I've only ever seen the training montages. M- uh, montages, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So JP is your trainer. You're good at legacy. What else did you learn? Like uh so you said you're pretty happy with this list. Um it looks great, like it's just all the good cards, you have enough removal, it seems like. I mean yeah, everything just looks really good. Like it's it's a classic, really good new cards plus the blue shell. That's how a lot of yeah. decks are built these so, days. So I
0: have two thoughts um, that I actually didn't put in the show notes uh, yet. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to put them in the show notes anymore now that we talk about it. Uh, and that is two things. Um, I don't know if any tournament is going to look like this again anytime soon just because the Blue, White, Red, Saga deck is insanely expensive. I think it's like 1,300 ticks or something. Like I rented oh it from Cardholder. Shout out to order, And the, I think we were still like in that, in that phase where people could um, have these tokens that gives you, give you access to all the cards. Like yeah. I think... A lot of the opponents I actually played against, I, I didn't really see them all that much uh, or, like, put them on other decks. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are actually going to invest in this deck, but this deck is insanely expensive for Magic Online standards. So not sure if we're going to see that much of it again, um, but it's fun. The other thing is, Merktide is so critical and so important. Like, I think half the things we talked about was just, like, Merktide, Merktide, Merktite. Merktite, Merktite. There must be some way to tame the beast. There must be some way to tackle it. There must be some way to exploit the stupid flying vanilla dude. I don't know. It's it's, it's so, so good. And I don't know. If, if somebody is smart and they come up with something to... It's not like people can really punish you for Moktel unless they, they find a way to like play Rest in Peace. Yeah, Rest in Peace would actually be like... If we could like find a playable Rest in Peace deck, that would actually be really good against us. Um, what about
1: uh, Bainslayer?
0: Yeah, that's... Oh, it has protection from dragons, right? Oh,
1: Hell, yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah, it does.
0: Hell yeah, it does. Good old five-mana slayer. Uh, it has so lifelink as well, right?
1: Yeah, f- <laughs> flying, first-strike, lifelink, protected from demons and dragons. Dragon rage challenges dragon as well, is it? Or is it like a human shaman, probably? Yep, yep. Human shaman, obviously. Should ah, does, of course. It, it should gain dragon. This is ridiculous. It should it, gain dragon. Oh, it actually yeah, oh, actually it would make sense, right? Yeah.
0: Let's call it Rosewater.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like the it's channeling the dragon anger, so it doesn't actually have to be a dragon. You know what? I'm I'm picking Angel Stompy as the, the next top deck. Yeah. My excitement knows <laughs> no <snow> <laughs> limits. <laughs> you don't you don't sound <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Alright, fine. There, there, There is a Dragon Hunter, which is a uh, from Dragons of Tarkir. There's a 1-mana 2-1 protection from dragons, and it can block dragons as though it had reach. Yeah, it just doesn't like any creatures that die to a prismatic ending. <laughs> okay, Baneslayer.
0: Yeah, we're back to Baneslayer, but my Baneslayer costs 2-mana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. Anyway, by the way, and speaking of decks that people play, uh, we totally forgot about to talk about this one. Uh, one of the challenges on the previous weekend was actually won by Big Eldrazi, right? Um, I I actually didn't double-check it. I'm a very bad podcast host, but somebody I trust sent me a screenshot of this and told me, "Oh, right, this just won the challenge. They did. So I'm going to they, trust they, them.
1: That. They tennoed it, which I, I went through the lists uh, today and, yeah, tennoed it. Do you know who uh, it was? I don't recognize the name. I saw the list on Twitter from the person that won it, so we could put it in the show notes. So I'll find it again. Okay, we'd
0: have, okay I'm going to make a note here. Uh, yeah. El Razi... Famous yeah. person.
1: <laughs> Haven't seen that list Lord in a of long, the
0: Void. okay.
1: Yep. Long, long time. <laughs> like, you were touting El Jazi Agro as maybe a kind of a deck to come back and could see resurgence, but the post version, just not seen forever. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, like when people play post, they played more like, you know, these these 12 posts uh, or like green posts and stuff, but not the, the big El Jazi. Like, I was also like talking about, like you mentioned, the, the aggro version, where I think that could actually like, Take advantage, but but I was more thinking about taking advantage of like the the band, the red band decks or something, because I felt like they were too clunky and they also didn't play like ice encoders and stuff anymore. So I really wanted to exploit that. Mm-hmm. But this version is more like I can't even tell you. Maybe maybe this version is really good against these Chesky decks now that we don't have voice anymore either. Could um, be, yeah.
1: Yeah. It just goes at the top. I can definitely see it. Um I'm gonna make you go through the challenge results now. I'm gonna post it in our thing have a look at the 10th place list so shout out to uh byvci uh byvci holy shit it's it's like landfall zoo actual landfall zoo uh akum wait, wait, Did we
0: just like travel back in time 12 years or something
1: yeah man but it's got like new cards so it's akum hellhound which is like a, a step links the red one and it's what step links is wild nakatals and Brushfire elemental which is the New two drop haste landfall plus plus two, and then scale up, berserks, crop rotations, once upon a time, and skyclave pickaxe, which gives. Um... Are we still talking about legacy? Yeah, and it's pretty okay, cool. go but on. A million fetches. <laughs> I like literally
0: six... don't know sixty percent of the cards you mentioned.
1: <laughs> okay, so it's 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 Naya Zoo with like berserk and scale up, and yeah, it's so I've heard about sick. those, and it's so it's got four crop rotations because obviously it's amazing with landfalls. And it's got like one Sajiri Step, one Urza Saga, one Wasteland. Oh my god, this deck is so sick. <laughs> uh, this, this is like
0: a, a proper, more flexible version of of um, Infect, I guess, in a way.
1: Kind of, yeah. And then it's got like, okay, it's got it's a got Gigantha for Curse of Silence, which is the new card from the new set. Um, I think the card's quite good, actually.
0: What does it do, Curse of Silence? It's
1: um, So it's a one-mana enchantment for one white it's an Aura Curse. Now, I'm going to give you a heads up. It, I, it reads bad, but I think it actually plays great against some of the top decks. decks. So, as Curse of Silence enters the battlefield, choose a card name. Spells with a chosen name, Enchanted Player, cost cast two more to cast. When Enchanted Player casts a spell with a chosen name, you may sacrifice Curse of Silence if you do draw a card. So, it, the, the crux here is it's a one mana, like, hate card for for DNT kind of decks and stuff or any any de- decks running white that don't also have like force wills and stuff so if you imagine this against like doomsday um doomsday can beat athalia cuz they're just cycling and playing thassa's oracle now if they resolve like a term on doomsday against DNT and then they just drop this curse of silence and name thassa's oracle they probably just lose um whereas Deafening silence wouldn't win them the game there and i think all doomsday players will just play around that so it's good there it's also like it just for D and T it kind of doubles up on like Thalia and Ports being good against his combo decks, so like I don't know, whatever they care about. But
0: I'm mostly What was are gonna name? Are you gonna name like Show and Tell or something?
1: Yeah. I think Show and Tell against like the Omnidex or like Sneak Attack if you if you have Caracas or something.
0: Okay, yeah, th- I I'm gonna agree. This looks this reads horribly. Yeah. But you're making a good case for it. When I, you mentioned, I thought the way this was going to work is like you name some kind of utility spell and eventually, you know, they want to cast their brainstorm or something and then you... How many cards do you draw? Two? Just draw one. one. But then like... So you, so you basically only just like cycle it. <laughs> so you cycle you it, it they've,
1: cycle. but they've still paid two more and yeah. you've kind of stopped them casting it for a while. I don't think you'd like bring in in fair matchups, but like... I don't know. I, I think it's actually quite a good anti-combo card. For, but specifically anti-combo card from decks that don't have a lot of other good hate. Um, I think this is one of the best one-mana cards you could have like for Doomsday for these non-blue decks, basically. So, yeah, that's cool to see. So anyway, this, this deck is nuts. Uh, I'm, I've i got Legacy, Local Games, so Legacy tomorrow. I might proxy it at work and play it. So, shout out to them.
0: Hey, you're back. <laughs> it's funny. we were just like talking about Curse of Silence, and mid sentence, you you were just like dropped from the call. Curse of Silence is, is trying to, to convince me. <laughs> oh, I that, see. So I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just looked at the artwork, and it's it, it's not quite convincing me yet. I'm I'm still gonna stay on deafening silence in these kinds of decks. But you you are making a good case for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> de- there's it's not for all decks. Even if you're playing white and stuff, I just think for something like this zoo deck or death and taxes. This is a, a really good tool to beat doomsday i think um it might not like then make it against some other combo decks but yeah i think just adding two mana on and especially against doomsday where they know that you're not playing um like too much interaction they can just like slam doomsday yeah i guess it also makes
0: sense in a deck that plays a bunch of like crop rotations and stuff to to get the extra landfall right was that the one The Naya what's it called naya zoo
1: Naya zoo like Naya, naya landfall zoo yeah like the, the, this deck is just going to need like an extra turn to kill you. I, I expect it kills you turn three pretty consistently. This deck, yeah. Okay. This deck looks super fast. Like, I mean, look, this scale, scale up and berserk. That's on its own, um, twelve damage because scale up makes the creature a six four worm, and then the, I, th- I believe the landfall of like plus two plus twos still stay on because it, it makes the creature base power. So if you go turn one step links turn two fetch land give it plus four plus four scale it up it's now got 10 power and berserk kills it (laughs) it's a turn two it's a turn two kill turn one step links turn two fetch land scale up berserk bang do that
0: and you're gonna be selling a lot of is is there any like expensive card in there that you can actually like sell that way uh
1: i think i think berserk or apart from the dual lands there's three tiger two savannah I it's think, the
0: kind of deck like you know somebody wins a mid sized tournament with and, yeah. and then just like sticks around because it's the kind of deck that people love to play.
1: Yeah, but seriously, I'm just looking at this and I've I've explained a pretty simple turn two kill and I think this deck is gonna kill turn three consistently. Like maybe not against like a control deck the swords and everything and stuff and uh Prismatic Ending's pretty good against this deck, but yeah, seems it's very sweet, very, very cool. So props to the player. Awesome. We're gonna definitely link it in
0: the show notes. Mm. Callum, before we close it out today, we have a pretty long episode already, but I I went through all twenty seven games I played in the Legacy Showcase Challenge, and we promised you some interesting stats.
1: Oh yeah. I don't even know these yet, so I I hit me. Like actually ask me a question and see if I can see if I can get it.
0: Okay. Close to it. I have played twenty seven games. How many of those games did I open with 1 plus days? Or, like, it, it, I don't even need to have cast today. days, so I just, like, need to have it available. Yeah, yeah. Like, how many uh, games did I go turn one, Raga one with a days in hand?
1: Gonna say... Seven.
0: Yeah, you're you're way off, dude. <laughs> oh, shit.
1: You're way off.
0: I literally did it a single time.
1: A single time, man. <laughs> I
0: literally did, it, like, of all 27 games I played, I literally only went turn one, Raga one with a days in hand a single time. And you know what my opponent did? They played Maze sh- of it oh okay so it's a gut <laughs> shot but that's even better <laughs> oh man I, I actually I had this combination two more times like altogether I hope like I fanned it open at the beginning of a match three times out of 27 games I only went for it once because the other two ga- uh, games I actually decided to go caracas first because my opponent had rogger right Which went like way I see I see white. now okay.
1: now now some more numbers are coming to start out I see and then there was like four more times you mulliganed it maybe so probably no, se- probably seven I'm, times I literally you had never it?
0: mulliganed. I think I, I actually I didn't run the number on mulligans, but I think I, out of those twenty seven games, I would be surprised if I mulligan more than four times. That's I think I barely ever mulligan through the entire thing.
1: This this deck is like it's got a super low curve. It's got a good land count and it's plays cantrips. Like I can't see it mulliganing very often ever.
0: Yeah, I, I'd actually be like if you told me I literally never mulligan the entire thing, I would actually believe you. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it, it it might actually just be one of the most like consistent and low mulligan decks i've seen in legacy ever it's just it it kind of just does the same thing every time
0: the the second and i guess it's also the last set i have because it takes a lot of time to to gather these how many times did i actually cast something out of my opponent's deck like i mean i didn't like i only once ever like had a Roger one on one and then it didn't connect because they had Mm Maze. how many times over all 27 games did i cast something out of my opponent's deck
1: I'm gonna go. I feel like it's low. Um, cheat like little cheating, like you know, based on how you're describing the games earlier. I'm gonna go with like ten. Seven. Seven. Oh, I should have gone seven. for seven again. God damn it! <laughs> I always thought I'm gonna like jokingly say seven again, but that's te- that's really low. Really, really low.
0: Yeah, it, it basically comes down to, like, something like once every fourth game or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like, 27 games, I did it, like, seven times. I guess your Ragavan's just... Every fourth game did I cast something out of my opponent's deck.
1: How many times do you know, roughly, like, did it connect, though, but then not hit something?
0: Um, If like... I had to guess, like, more than double. More, more okay. like 14, something like 14 or 15 times. So it didn't
1: really connect that many times in the grand scheme of things? Like, people just kill Ragavan, I guess?
0: Yeah, just like it's one of those things that just like gets gets killed off rather quickly in the early, you know, carnage of everything. Yeah, yeah. But of all the things I hit, I hit two ponders, which was great. Yeah. I hit awesome. a dress down, which I used to cycle. I hit a dragon raid's channeler, which was great. I hit the standstill, which killed myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's a, that's like a
0: minus two, actually. Yeah, pretty much right. And I had two bowls that I just had to send to the face, which was, like, not great, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's still something. So, like, actual card advantage is, like, two ponders, a Dress Down, and a Dragon rights Channeler. And yeah, yeah had to stand still technically, but <laughs> then definitely not.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly low, which, yeah, partly because Ragvengers died, but, um, yeah, I guess you just, like, sometimes you... Yeah,
0: but on the other hand, like, I, I played a ton of matchups where it's... Oh, no, no, oh, oh this one, this one I forgot. I also, I got the grief. I didn't yeah. put the Grief in there, so it's eight. Okay, okay, let's make it eight. All right, so there's, anyway. pro- there's
1: probably two more, so I'm probably right with ten. I know, I know.
0: No, no, I actually went through it. I, I just added the Grief right now. I w- wanted to add it, but I forgot about it. Anyway, so I played a bunch of decks where this should be really good. Like, the only decks where I played against where Raghavan rarely hits something, relevant, I guess is like, you know, like Lance. Mm-hmm. And I guess Sneak Show is kind of hard. Like, I got pretty close to casting that, I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure you did, dude. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But this is good. This is good. Um, yeah. I, you, you're on the painter train, right? You're, you're going to keep painting it?
1: Yeah, I think so. um, So for the local store tomorrow, I got a really sweet mail day today. I've got right in front of me, I've got some Oswald fiddlebenders. I've got some nice old frame uh, arid maces in Light and Tudor
0: you got enlightened
1: tutor come on dude that's a crutch
0: like if there ever was a crutch <laughs> in legacy it's enlightened tutor Yes, <laughs> i only
1: just got one and the 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 nice uh, mirage ones the blackboard are like really in stock from the stores i buy from in the uk so i saw one i was like yeah gonna grab it okay um but i want to build like a kind of a painter death and taxes deck so it's got a lot of two and three drops and i'm going to play like some of both recruiters and so you can like recruiter for recruiter for recruiter for, for recruiter for recruiter for eight recruiter. times <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like i want to be able to search for painter but then i want to be able to search for flickwisp and it's kind of weird so i'm just going to play loads of recruiters. you're going to have
0: while as well of course
1: yes yeah, so there's going to be like four sagas so i can get the vials more often and oswald fiddlebender can sacrifice zero man artifacts to get a vial as well so um yeah it's going to be like mostly white with a red splash painter just tell me that's not going to be Yorion. Oh, and that's how I fit all the eight pa- all the eight recruiters in. I, I, you're a genius. I was like,
0: how do you fit fit like eight vanilla search more vanilla dudes into it? I, I was gonna play. Yeah.
1: I was gonna play like um, two of each or three white, one red. But now I'm just gonna play. I'm gonna play Boris Yorion.
0: Boris oh, yes, Yorion, yeah, sure, I'm am do- down <laughs> with that, dude.
1: Everybody, tune in for the next time when we find a replacement for Callum
0: on the podcast. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm,
1: I'll I'll make worse decks for my uh, fun tuesdays i promise <laughs>
0: dude that's great that's great mm. Mm. i'm
1: gonna head to bed now yeah time to sleep in my own right, bed again after 12 12 30 over there for you now
0: yeah something like that yeah uh, i i've lost track of time i'm i'm my whole life is determined by murktites flying around this is, yes. this is all i'm thinking about these yeah. days. yeah
1: happy dreams of just dragons flying around
0: yeah <laughs> so yeah that's it for today Mm -hmm. everybody if you want to support our show please consider leaving a review on apple podcasts or supporting us on patreon it really goes a long way helps us out a ton and if you want to hit us on social media you can find us at eternalmtg on twitter or just the same on instagram if you want to find me i'm it's julian23 on twitter and i think you are whitefacesmtg on twitter Mm
1: -hmm. that's right
0: perfect Shoutouts to all of our fans and, and supporters, especially our Eternal Witness tier supporters, Tommy Hinks, Testacula, Sebastian Hollager, Guillaume, Jake, and Severin Schwarzuber, and our top tier Brand supporters, Victor Benatz, Batshu Butts, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henry Korkutz, Tom Hepp, Bill Schlichting, and Paragon Games in St. Louis. See you, everybody, next time when Callum has allegedly broken the format and we are all going to be playing 8 Painter Get your. You know, you should make it a stompy deck. Eight Painter Stompy sounds just like so much better.
1: Get your Oswald Fiddlebenders now. That's what I'm going to say.
0: That's that white dude, right?
1: Yeah. A gnome artificer. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Everybody, have a great time. See you again next time. Bye bye.
1: Goodbye.